Hi, you're listening to Find Your Joy. If you're looking for ways to thrive rather than survive in a world that can seem rather chaotic, you're in the right place. We will be sharing stories of our own as well as those from guests who have found ways to bring hope, healing, and freedom into places where trauma has impacted them. I'm Allie, author of The Art of Healing Trauma, and I'm here to remind you that life is sweet. Now, let's dive in and find ways to create our joy. So we've been talking about all of these things that, you know, you can put in place. You can um, you can decide that you can get a mocktail, you know, and, and get your gin and tonic with uh, or your tonic water with a lime and it will look like a gin and tonic. Right. Just so that the comfort level of everybody is is better, that your the employees don't feel uncomfortable and you don't feel uncomfortable. Um, you've got something in your hand. That's that's a, a key takeaway. Right. Is it sort of gone are the days that people have to walk around and have to is not the correct word here, but people feel maybe safer or feel like they need to walk around and identify self-identify as an addict in recovery. You know, it would be often when you're talking about wanting to fit into that situation sounds different from I remember the days where, where the person would be saying, I don't want that. I'm an addict or they were announcing it a lot. So we're talking something very different. A person who just wants to function and like, we don't have to tell every single person we're a vegan or gluten-free or alcohol-free. Is that that correct? That's right. It's a personal choice. And, and, and it's not something that, that an addict or alcoholic, that's a very big concern in the beginning, right? Right. Is this anonymity and that who's going to know, is it going to be in the front page of the paper Right. Again, depending on what their their uh, profession or, or their right. trade is or who their social circle is and all those things, it could impact their livelihood. So I'll give you a for instance. OK, okay. we had um, a, an emergency call from one of our families. Because the husband had been caught with a call girl and cocaine in Miami. OK, ESPN is how she found out that her husband was cheating on her. Oh, unfortunate. Wow. But the good news is the NHL, the NFL paid for treatment. They did not pay for us. We scholarship this guy in because they had burnt his insurance up. But that's oh. another story. But but the point is, he got clean. He stayed sober and he's now back and he's he's coaching at a higher level than he was before. Wow. Okay. Did so it this, this is a turnaround story, right? We've all right. been there where we've made a choice that we wish we hadn't made. Right. Now is a fork in the road. You either go back to a life where you continue to have a relationship with alcohol or right. you move forward and you decide that you are going to have no relationship with alcohol because whatever your genetic makeup is, you can't handle it. Right. And it's as simple as that, right? It's not. And it's it not your to fault. Be a shame issue. It doesn't no. need to be all of those things any more than someone who has celiac has gluten free or diabetes. Someone who has diabetes or anything else. We're talking about a medical condition and trying to get to that. Unfortunately, this medical condition, as with many things that can sometimes fall under the mental health umbrella, this this one lies to you. This one lies to you in your own voice. It lies right. to you in yes. your own voice. Right, exactly. And and you go, wait a minute, what did I just say? 
you know, mm-hmm. I, and, and I think, um, you know, to identify first as a human being with needs and wants, um, I don't know necessarily that I agree with identification as an addict or alcoholic as your first priority. Right. Which wow. is what, um, it's a lot of times that's what people say. Right. Like in a many meetings that have done well for many people, but if that's the first thing that we are, it's, it is a dehumanizing the same with saying I'm a musician first. It, it kind of takes away from the personage of, of who. Well, we are. and gosh, aren't we in that kind of a society where generally the first question that you ask somebody after their name is what do you do? Yes. Yes. I, I want to be clear. I said the musician part only because I can recall someone who I knew going through recovery. And the first thing they told him to do was stop saying you're a musician, like you're, you know, whoever, Fred first. And then all those other things come after. That's right. So, so not to suggest that uh, musician and addiction necessarily go together. Of course, uh, there have been many uh, public connections between those two. There have been. And, and that's another thing is that we have people that, that I, if I told you their names, um, you would know who they, all, they are. So we have had a couple of residents that have had to change their names uh, while right. under our care so right. that other people didn't know who they were. Because like we talked about earlier, this is a mental health issue. It is in the, the diagnostic uh, manual of the mental health industry as a, a, a mental illness and is treated as such and, and therefore is covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And we really need a paradigm shift on addiction, okay? Because there's two types of addiction as well. There's the substance use, Right. And then there's process disorders. There's like people that are addicted to gambling or pornography or screen time. Right. They are seeing the same losses. Right. We have middle aged Mm. men whose wives are leaving them because they can't stop playing Call of Duty. Wow. Now, now, is that something that you through your program would deal with? We can handle that. Uh huh. Wow. Because because the all of these addictions, see, these these are only symptoms. Right. Of course. Okay. They are trying to escape life and we need to find out why. Quick. Quick. I like that. So, so to be clear, so at your program, would a person need to be in uh, medically or chemically, chemically addicted? Stabilized. But if they, if they did not use alcohol and they only only or but maybe the better word here would be rather they used rather they used pornography or call of duty or you know fill in the blank or food or shopping or whatever it might be whatever it might be right because there's so many so whatever online shopping online shopping right that's that's a whole other world right so so it's any addiction. So when we talk about addiction, you would provide services even if a person didn't drink at all. That's but correct. One of because, those, oh, okay, that's, because that's the awesome. behaviors, the behaviors of addiction are the same. Addiction, remember, is going towards a substance or behavior that repeatedly gets you negative consequences and you still go anyway. Right. Oh, the that's consequences are getting higher and higher and higher. Yes. So by the time that you're calling us, your pants are on fire, right? You have mismanaged your own life. That's you might right. be a phenomenal surgeon. You might be the best in the NBA, but you can't get up and get 
motivated in the morning and be able to live life on its own terms. Right. You're, you're whatever you're doing, you've got to the place where you don't have options anymore. It's just what you must do. And I'm here to sound the alarm because that number is rising by droves. Wow. And now is that, again, we we spoke earlier, the 40% increase um, during COVID. That's correct. In 2019, the difference from the numbers in 2019 and 2021 are astronomically different. We have fentanyl coming over our south border like you can't even imagine. People are dying on the streets. They are. They are. And they from fentanyl. And that's another I mean, that that's an that's another issue besides alcohol. But the ease of use, the the they flooded the market with these things. Right. And fentanyl is really I mean, I I've lost people, someone I love very much in the last 14 months to fentanyl and a person who was not a person who was using much. Right. right. This, this, it's, it's, the, it's, that, it's, that, it's that deadly. It's that deadly. And it's that's why I'm really here. Honestly, Allie, is I see people every single day that mm. have made choices because of traumas that aren't resolved. Right. And they just keep getting on that merry-go-round cycle. And that you know what happens? The merry-go-round gets the end of the ride. And, and you're sitting there and you're waiting for the attendant to let you out. Right. Well, let me out. The ride's over. And then all, the next thing you know, the ride started up again. Wow. And every time you sit there and you sit with the attendant and finally the 10th time, the attendant says, Adrian, the latch is on the inside. Well, th- that's good. Sister, that's good. That's a <laughs> mic drop. That's powerful. Wow. It is. Boom. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and not to the be, you know, I, I wanted to bring, this is a great time for me to bring something up, not to, you know, so that we can um, have your listeners get something positive from this. Right. Um, as I mentioned to you, we're, we're at about 25%. That means that if your listening audience is 100 members, we're talking to 20 people right now. That this that is impacting their that life every day. Of, of recovery right. from from addictions, and what I've learned in my own life, I, I am not an addict, but I am a someone who's chronically ill. And my recovery journey back mm-hmm. to health, it had some parallels to addiction, and so my husband and I started working together, and really want to get the message out to parents, to wives, to husbands, to children, to families. You can get um, in your local Walgreens this 15 panel UA cup, right? Okay. I'm going to give this to your listeners. The first 10 people that okay. go onto our website, and we'll put a link there um, below. Yes. We will, um, if you send us a message through the contact us and let us know that, that you got to us through your, your audience, Allie. I want your members to let us know that, that you sent them there. Okay. And we're going to give them the, the UA cup and a, a Lodge 360 mug. It's nice and snug in there. Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. And the first 10 people will send those out. And, and just because you've been so lovely and I want to add something on, I would love to, to offer those 10 people a 15-minute consultation with us on how to use the cup okay. and what to do with what to do with the results. 
That's amazing. So tell me a bit of what is what is the cup? Like we don't have Walgreens here in Canada, or I shouldn't say that, not where I am. I'm not sure. So what what is that cup that you're talking about, the, the plastic cup that I'm looking at? So this is called a UA cup. It's a urinalysis. Yes. It's uh, it's an instant test. They they go to the bathroom and they and they fill the cup. Yes. And then we peel the strip off. Yes. And it will show. Oh, 15 panel. Oh, my gosh. Like and what kinds of things will, will it tell? Well, we can tell if you've used any kind of um, opiates and it will it will actually separate them into whether it was morphine, whether it was uh, fentanyl, whether it was um, benzodiazepines, whether it's uh, even we can't take medications for people that are ADHD because they're been. Gosh, no. What are they called? I'm sorry, I'm, uh, the, the, the term is escaping me, but they can't. We, we have a list of medications that are not allowed. Right. OK. And then wow. there are also some things like it, I can tell in a urine if someone has drank three days before. OK, so, so this really was will help for if, if this if you've got a parent that's worried about their their child or if you've yes. got a husband worried about his wife. Yes. You can go right now and you can know there's a urinalysis and you can understand. And actually, you know, when you think of all the people and we were talking about fentanyl and other drugs, I mean, you know, I'm hearing stuff about fentanyl being in uh, like almost anything. I mean, yes, a person could have it spiked in their their drink, but also it could be if they're smoking pot, it could have been put in there. Like people, I mean, it just, it sounds And it makes no sense with something like cocaine, which is an upper- and then you have a downer and then you have it. And the, the person and you don't know whether you're coming or going, you, you, you don't. And the person that I love very much who passed um, was not into drugs pretty much at all, but it had a few drinks at New Year's and someone offered him cocaine and he took it. And he died. Wow. So, it, you know, I'm you're so just sorry. Talking. That's that's it. You know how common that story is to us today. Yeah. It is so sad. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Uh, But uh, so, yeah. And we're just talking about it. People think when they talk about right now, fentanyl is a is a crisis across North America and probably far beyond. And when people are talking about it, I think they don't understand. Um, You know, I had a friend who's cut, you know, it was it was in pot and they just had ingested it and they got like it's just things that you're thinking what are we talking about here? We're Why, and, of, and we're wondering it from a different paradigm, right? A different perspective and going, if you're a drug dealer, why are you killing your? Yes. Why is this happening? Like, why are you killing your clientele off? It do, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't mean that's not even a good business model. It's not a good business model. It makes no sense. And yet it's happening and it's happening a lot. And so, yes, there are heroin and fentanyl and and uh, people who use those um, those types of chemicals. Uh, but it, this this thing is reaching far, far beyond that. And I think, you know, quite often those may be the people who are dying because there is no resistance in their body to this. You know, I mean, it's 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 well, and that's a good point uh, that you just made right there. So as like the the pilot that we spoke of earlier, who just two days ago got pulled off of his flight by the policeman. 
uh, for being four times the legal limit that you're able to drive the uh, plane. Yeah. Um, it is getting into mainstream society. This COVID yes. has had an effect on us all. Yes. And we don't know what's going on underneath somebody's clothes. Well, you know, we're known locally here as champions for the marginalized because we don't leave anyone behind. I, I would really love for all of your listeners to get help, um, whether it's through us or through somebody else. So in addition to our website there where where the um, the information is is placed down, include our phone number and we will take calls 24 um, seven. Mm-hmm. And believe me, it's if my, we answer calls all day long, we, we will help family members, friends, the addict themselves, but it usually is, it does take someone else intervening for, for somebody who's really got their pants on fire to turn around. Right. I love that term, the pants on fire, because it's just, it, 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 the, the visual, it's so all encompassing and, and it's, and it's often by surprise, right? Pants on fire is a, you know, you didn't realize that you got a little bit too close to the campfire and now you're up in flames and it just takes you over so quickly. Uh, yeah, so it's, and it's a great analogy. They can call us. They can call us before they get to that point. Yeah, that would be ideal. You know. Yes. Um, unfortunately, right now we, we do seem to manage a lot of people that are on probation, and and we are handled to accommodate that. Okay. When you say probation, do you mean in terms of through the correctional um, facilities or uh, some? But I'm actually we do get some through the criminal justice system. Yeah. But I'm actually more speaking to the probation that they're on at their job. Got it. They- specifically have been caught. Okay, exactly. And so, so if your listeners know of anyone that is in that situation, uh, that, you know, they're just, they, they know that they have a problem. They don't want to stop drinking alcohol for the rest of their life, but they don't know what else to do. Right. That's when you pick up the phone and you call us. Cause it's all about bartering, right? Cause whether it's, I, I mean, we can change things and whether it's addiction or, or um, even just using something for a little while to get by, as they might call it. That could be, you know, you hear people. I mean, I for me personally, I like to go for a massage. I, I, possibly, I'm addicted. I'm not really sure, and I'm not making light of. <laughs> gee, that was well, I have a for you. Light of it, but I mean, it's it's there's things that that we do, and they shift and they change, and then when times change, I, like you're saying, like with COVID or. Or something else happens. Someone you might not really even think you have a problem whatsoever, but then suddenly somebody becomes ill and you're their caregiver and it's it becomes overwhelming, or COVID happens, or a job loss happens, or and I, I and I want you to know for your listeners too, it really, really could have been just as innocent as switching from a glass of wine at the end of the night. Right. Do a box of wine at the end of the night. That's how insidious and how simple that all happens. Yes, ma'am. Right. They tell you it's not the last drink that gets you drunk. It's the first one. uh, Oh, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. Yes. Right. That's the AA slogan, right? It is. And in A2, it's 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 really that one. The problem isn't your last drink. The problem is you took the first one and you're wired in such a way that it does to you the opposite of what it does to everybody else. It makes you crave it no matter what destruction there. In fact, there's a poem called I am your disease and it is so powerful. 
Mm. You know, I don't I don't want you dead. I want you miserable. Wow. Right. And just caught in that cycle. But, you know, again, to not make light of this, but let everybody know this could happen very, very easily. And there is no shame in calling and, and getting reaching out to ask for help. Right. And I'm thinking what I'm thinking of. So once someone reaches out and and, and uh, they get some help. Without obviously without giving specifics, can you think of a few um, situations or places where people were able to find their joy? Because when I look at when I would talk about people finding their joy, I really am specifically talking about we came through the trenches, right? We came through this horrible thing because and maybe not necessarily, of course, um, if someone just was born quite blessed and they didn't have those situations. Well, isn't that grand? I don't know any people like that, but you know, I'm sure they exist somewhere. The really awesome thing that I love to see and is once the person has come through that. So what are some of the stories that you might share? Um, Of course, keeping anonymity involved, but some places, some good stories, some some happy endings, some places where things have turned around. And well, you mentioned one that the gentleman um, had been it was on ESPN that his wife saw. Oh, did they get back? Did they stay together? They They did. Oh, yay. I do love a happy ending. We've Um, had we've (laughs) had actually we had um, several members of that family with us. Beautiful. And so what are some of the benefits that we would talk about that could be very generic um, as people start to recover? So we know what tragedy looks like. We know what pain looks like. Job loss, addiction, losing their money, their homes, their live livelihoods, their families, all of those things. What does it start to look like for you? Because that's got to be the big payoff. You see a lot of pain. And I'm guessing that the payoff is the year later, five years later, 10 years later, when you're seeing people thriving instead of surviving. Yes. Um, in fact, we, we joke because my husband and I have no children. Um, I've mentioned to you that I was uh, uh, critically ill. And so we, we, that was a conscious choice that we mm-hmm. didn't have children because of what it, we know what it does to our dogs, right? right. For me to go in and out of the hospital. So, but we have, started this lodge and have all these children who have grown up in the last 13 years. And the ones that are great are the ones that get married, have babies, have a life that they never even believed that was possible. Um, I'll tell you a story as case in point. That's a, it's one of the most touching stories of, of transformation that I've found in all of our 13 years. We had a boy on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, self-medicating and mostly I I don't know why on the spectrum, but we see a lot of alcohol and pot combination on the spectrum. Okay. But. So everybody else just said that this boy was not going to make it and nobody would take him. So we spoke with his mother and we had never had anybody on the spectrum, but we decided to give it a shot. Okay. It took him three times to go through the lodge, but he is and has been with a sober roommate for two years. He's 26. He's living on his own. Mm -hmm. He's making his own bracelets and selling essential oils. He's doing success his own way. 
Right. How beautiful. And we're so proud. He, I mean, he's actually working with us now to reach out to more people on the spectrum. When, when he first wouldn't even acknowledge that he was on the spectrum, he wouldn't acknowledge the mental problems. He he just didn't want to deal addiction. He could handle. Right. But he couldn't handle that. He's. Autistic. He had a disability, autism. Yeah, that's right. Cognitive challenges, and 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 I find quite often, and have you know, um, within our own family, um, uh, and the years, the decades that I worked within the disability community, uh, there, I find that the harder parts, and and I don't know, maybe addiction might be like this as well. I think the the more challenges when I know people who they're what we call they're they they're very high functioning that's what is kind of a common phrase used within the disability community and basically what that means is just that you meet this person and you wouldn't necessarily know that they have any cognitive challenges that's right of course then on the here on the inside though they might know that they have some memorized phrases that help them to fit in. They've learned to, you know, be a little bit quiet sometimes, or maybe they just appear like they're really loud and outgoing or whatever it might be, but they appear to not have any cognitive challenges. And where that can be harder for them, of course, is that they are struggling in secret. So it makes sense to me then that if alcohol or any other drug becomes a way that they find to cope, well, they've already mastered hiding things, hiding, running, ducking. Hide. Yes, staying all those hidden. things. Staying hidden has already been a way that they've found that was necessary in order to survive. So that makes sense to me. Wow. Well, that's a, I I I love that. Um, you had such a uh, so many beautiful stories and so many wonderful things and the stuff that you do. So now you and your husband, now you've had this business for almost 14 years. How long have you been married? We will be celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary on the 17th of March. Oh, my goodness. St. Patty's Day. Woot, woot. <laughs> so, so we did it right. We started a business. We got engaged. Uh, well, no, no. We started a business. We started dating. We, we were engaged for a year, and then now we've been married for almost 10. Oh, my gosh. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. That will be coming very shortly here. That's wonderful. Um, so I, I guess we're going to wrap up, and I just want to thank you so much. I, what you're doing is so powerful, and I can just, just being just zooming with you, I can feel the incredible energy and love that you would pour into each and every person that comes through your doors. Uh, what a gift. What a gift. I, I can just imagine it. So um, everyone who's listening, again, if you want to find out more about Adrian Tiki and about, remind me again, everyone. Yeah. Jim is your husband. That's right. And your place is called the Lodge. At What's the name of the lake? I'm so sorry. At Delray at Delray Beach. At Delray it's, Beach. The Lodge that's at Delray right. Beach. It's wonderful. So the, the connect all the contact information you're going to be able to find out from below. Uh, and honestly, uh, like Adrian so, so generously offered contact her. And, uh, you know, if you need to reach out, do that, whether you're in the United States, Canada or anywhere else, contact. If it's not Adrian, contact somebody and there is hope 
and you can be living a very full life. Also, if you're a family member or friend of someone who is struggling with addiction and you find that that's impacting your own life, there are helps out there. So thank you very much again, Adrian. I appreciate it so much. This is Allie from Find Your Joy and thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you found a piece of your joy in this episode, I would love to hear about what came up for you so that we can continue to grow the impact of this show. Thanks again. See you soon. And remember, find your joy.